So what I'm saying is just withdrawing from alcohol does not solve the problem. You got to build up the system. So this will give you an idea how, how when we look at this, how to, how to think about it, okay? So people have poor genetics, they have less neurotransmitters and receptor sites. That, that's a congenital, what you're born with. Then we have toxic exposure, lead, mercury, cadmium, you know, herbicides, insecticides. Now, I'll just point out that uh, animal tissue has about 96% of the pesticides and herbicides and insecticides as compared to eating vegan, okay? And I often will use, and, you know, I'm not trying to advertise different things. So I'm just going to say, I'll use things to pull out the heavy metals that are oral rather than, you know, intravenous. And then what are the symptoms? Everything I just said about it, depression, addictions, food, drugs, sex, gambling, violence, all these stimulate dopamine so you feel better, but it only works for a little bit and then you run out because you're not, your normal system is suppressed. So that's the thing about, uh, I was explaining, like pornography, you're stimulating uh, the frontal lobes and, you know, and you're getting a false, let's say, increase okay in, in in the dopamine but it isn't real so you're using it up and you deplete it normal sexual behavior i mentioned three times a week uh, for men it was longevity and, and so forth you're actually building it up because it's part of a total process in other words, you're not substituting and creating a false high and, in essence, suppressing your normal ability to regenerate. That's the concept that is out there, you know, in, in terms of understanding. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, okay. And now, poor in utero nutrition by the mother but I'm gonna say poor preconception nutrition by the mother and father, um, situation, emotional stress, poor adulthood nutrition, poor infant and child nutrition, all these contribute to anxiety, alcoholism. Again, alcohol, what's it do? Increases dopamine, but it's temporary. It doesn't solve the problem because eventually the system wears out and it's not a complete cycle. This will give you a feeling for what we have to do to rebuild the brain. It's a very holistic program. Next slide, please. Okay, so the poor genetic expression, we were talking about lower dopamine levels and receptors, lower serotonin levels and receptors. In other words, receptor sites on the tissue and lower endorphin levels. Those are your sense of well-being. Often we see Family history of depression, alcoholism, ADHD, drug addiction, schizophrenia, and anxiety. And then poor prenatal nutrition and poor interuterine nutrition. And that's where we get the biologically altered brain, which is what we're talking about. So I'm doing kind of broad strokes about a lot of this. I will be focusing more on nutrition, but... I can't just talk about nutrition when there's so much more else going on. Next slide, please. 
So this is just one more diagram, you know, uh, toxic heavy metal exposure, emotional stresses, and children early drug use. I mean, kids getting the drugs when they're eight years old, uh, and we get biological altered brain in adulthood, and then fully altered brain. And then you get the addictive brain because people are just doing whatever they can to get a hit because they don't feel good. Anxiety, Tourette's, obsessive compulsive disorders. Okay, I think you have a bigger picture now. Next slide, please. So this is the effect of prayer and meditation nutrition for the brain. Now you see below it says hippocampal. That's the area you want to really grow. It has amygdala. That's kind of emotional control. And when people meditate, these other areas grow, the frontal lobes, anterior cingulate is like the heart compassion area. The parietal lobes have to do with kind of a more mystical experience. And when the Harvard study shows that, that many of these areas grow, but the amygdala, which is aberrant emotions, anger and so forth like that, that are... Um, more than should be, they actually shrink. Next slide, please. That's exciting. So frontal lobe with, with prayer, focused attention, uh, it protects against age-related deterioration that we see with dementia, just what we're talking about. This area will shrink, may shrink with age, and I'm saying it, we can grow it with age too. Okay, so we don't have to have mental loss and decreased mental functioning. The anterior cingulate area is with compassion. The neurological heart, the parietal lobes have a sense of uh, separation and more religious experience. And the limbic system gets deactivated by prayer, so you're not so emotionally out of balance. Next slide, please. And this is the Harvard study. Literally. Physically, meditation rebuilds the brain in eight weeks. That is so cool. I mean, you know, it's everything I've been talking about, but to see this study, it was like, oh, wow, they did it. Next slide, please. Now, a different, we're talking more about food now, but we're looking at what we call, you know, inflammation. And there's two areas that we're looking at. Gluten uh, products, not just wheat, but different gluten grains and a high carbohydrate diet. So when Joe Furman talks about, well, he sees a lot of people with vegans with brain uh, you know, degeneration. Um, I look at the high carbohydrate diet, which I don't support, because it stimulates brain inflammatory pathways. What am I saying? So next slide, please. Okay, the gluten sensitivity certainly can relate to schizophrenia. I just remember, it just kind of blew my mind in my psychiatry residency, where they showed a movie of this person and she had one bite of wheat bread and she went totally crazy. Now, it was make a point, which is that's how sensitive we are. 
It, it's pretty mind-blowing to see that happening. The person normal everything, she, she hit gluten. Wow. So these things are very real. And I think we kind of think, oh, it's all in your head. Well, it is all in your head. It's also in your head physiologically. So these are things that we see, bipolar disorder, depression, autism, ADHD. Um, the, the supplements I'm going to talk about, as well as the diet, are going to address these things. Next slide, please. Now, to me, this is a really important study, the Journal of Alzheimer's 12, 12, 2012. I'm just going to read it because it's so important. Older people, and I, we're talking people above 60, eating a high-carbohydrate diet. Get the word high-carbohydrate because we're told a lot in the vegan world that you want a high-complex high carbohydrate diet. People are talking about 70% carbohydrate. Yeah, well, here's the result. Have nearly four times the risk of, of, of developing mild cognitive impairment, MCI, which are precursor to Alzheimer's. So when we have a, a doctor, you know, like Joel Furman saying, oh, well, I'm seeing a lot of people who are vegan. That's because in the vegan world, there's a push of high carbohydrate, low fat, moderately low protein diet. Well, you can do high-carbohydrate, but as long as you don't mind four times risk of developing MCI. And as Joel Furman points out, Alzheimer's. So what I'm telling you is for brain diet, we want, if you're eating fat, healthy fats, particularly if you're eating not animal fat, which are high in pesticides, herbicides, you know, 95, 96%, 42% less, less likely to experience cognitive impairment if we're eating healthy fats, which I'm calling plant fats, like avocados, like nuts and seeds, okay? So I'm saying that. But I want you to get really, really here because this is not the usual message people get. Um Four times the risk of MCI or Alzheimer's eating a high complex carbohydrate diet. That should wake up a lot of people when we, particularly the vegans, making these suggestions to eat a high complex carbohydrate diet. Just uh, for your information, when I'm treating diabetes, we have a 61% cure, cure rate of type 2, meaning all blood sugars are normal. And that's in three weeks for a quote incurable disease. Sixty-one percent. We put them on a twenty-five, thirty-five percent complex carbohydrate. That's as much as they do. Uh, people who don't have diabetes, we're looking at twenty-five to forty-five percent carbohydrate in the diet, not seventy percent. Not giving you four times higher risk of MCI, and that begins to explain partly. Joel Furman has that observation. And I, I'm going to just tell you, I didn't see that in writing, but uh, the other day in, uh, when Brian Clement and I were being interviewed you know, for this seminar, that was the, a question that was asked. Well, how do you explain this with Joel Furman's observation? This is how you explain it. Next slide, please. So 
one of the big problems we have is when sugar goes up, neurotransmitters go down. So we see, and I see, that sugar, and I'm talking about glucose and fructose, please get the idea, fructose is up to 10 times more brain inflammatory as glucose, okay? So when the blood sugar increases, it depletes neurotransmitters of serotonin, epinephrine, norepinephrine, GABA, and dopamine. So I really pretty much teach a no sugar diet. Now, when I say no sugar, I'm not, I'm talking about no white sugar, no brown sugar, which is the same thing as white sugar. Um, and I'm talking uh, like Brian, not a whole lot of fruits. If you're going to do any fruit, um, which I don't recommend, particularly with my diabetes, healing diabetes, natural diet. I, you know, bilberries, blueberries, green apples are, are are the lowest in the sugars. And I don't recommend that until people are healed of their diabetes. Next slide, please. So, Robert loves to put it nicely. Nature made sugar hard to get. Man and woman made it easier. Okay. And you see the skeleton, because that's what we're talking about. Next slide, please. Now, this is important. I mentioned fructose is not better. It is also associated with impaired glucose, uh, insulin resistance. And I want to point out, it's a very important concept. The brain can also become insulin resistant besides the body. And therefore, it can't get the glucose, which runs the brain, Fortunately, ketones um, we get make it work. And when we see fasting, we see people move from glucose to uh, ketone metabolism. The key ketone is beta-hydroxybutyrate, beta which gives you about eight times the amount of energy per calorie as does glucose. So it's, it's really the best, and that's what we've noted with the fasting. So... Um, even though fructose has no immediate effect on blood sugar and insulin. Again, that's the point. It's likely to cause insulin resistance in the brain as well as the body and increase storage of calories as fat because the liver then starts to convert calories to fat rather than use it to, you know, for energy. Next slide. 